That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nelson Mania. Alongside for the ride is a man that was supposed to work. Then he gave me an F5, and then I had to suspend him, and then give him a million dollars suspension on top of it. JC. It is official. <laughs> I just looked at... I, it's so funny. Like, I obviously would start right in the shine, but like when I saw Adam Pearce and his like, little book desk thing, all I could think about was like, what a chooch. I love Adam Pearce. What a, what a, what a weirdo. Adam Pearce is great. And you know what? You know what else is great? The shine... We're going to start right in the shine, always in the shine, hashtag JC knows, hashtag JC's hopes come true, Toxic Attraction wins all the gold in NXT, baby, Halloween Havoc was last week, obviously, it was super hot fire, Mandy Rose, all by herself, with no help, pinned Raquel Gonzalez clean for the 1-2-3 to become NXT Women's Champion, and Gigi Dolan and JC Jane climb the ladder of success to become NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, and Nestlemania. We live in a toxic world, so it's only fitting that the great toxic attraction now hold all of it. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I, uh, I was shocked. Well, I wasn't shocked. I was hoping that when I saw Io Shirai die a little bit off that ladder, you know, RIP. And then I was like, oh, Indy might win. And then, of course, talk, and I can't, I can't not go for Gigi. So it's like, okay. Just seeing her on the ladder, I was just like, yep, she's a star for many reasons. And then toxic attraction has half of the gold. Then she gets in the main event. And of course, you did you buried the lead, no pun intended, with a shovel. Didn't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> Although I will say that's probably the worst kept secret in NXT history. It was like you if you heard the voiceover, it had like the New Zealand accent still in the the voiceover. So I was like, oh, it's Dakota. And then she just smacked her with a shovel, which was good. And of course, the uh the V trigger that's better than Kenny Omega, as you say. It is. Uh, you know, helps her win. And uh, look, that's a big that's a big victory for for Mandy because she hasn't had one. Like, like, let's be honest. She hasn't had a real victory. Yeah, she's like been... Like a signature win. She's not been in title she, matches. She had, like, some with Asuka and a few other opportunities. Her and Sonya obviously had a couple tag team opportunities, and they never got over it. But I remember we had a debate uh, probably about a year and a half ago. And who would get gold first, Mandy or Sonya? And Mandy does win, because I remember even when we yeah, had that... Yeah, but see, that's a technicality, technically. How obvious, is that a technicality? Because, unfortunately, Sonya Deville... Had that yeah, but so she incident was, happened. Who said she and was going to win a title? You don't no, know. No, I know, but I mean, you can't predict. They should have won them together as the first ever women's tag team champions, as I so eloquently wrote on Jabberknocker.com, which you should always check out because our boys always hold it down. Uh, Dom on NXT, Joe on AEW, and the entire crew over there with all sorts of good shit. Uh, but yeah, no, Mandy got it first, and I honestly, Sonya might have been on that trajectory. But the way they do the women's titles on the main roster, I don't know if she would have got it because it seems to be the same five people. I, I mean, you're absolutely right about that. But I, I am just curious because she clearly is that, you know, she has worked very hard. She's improved. She, I know, like, you yeah. don't like to give her credit, but I like, don't. in the rain, she has got tremendously better. Like, she has a, like, fresh new moveset. 
Like everything is a little more crisp. She still has her moments like they all do, but she has worked her ass off to get better. We obviously know she's in incredible shape because she always has been. That's like her thing. She literally like sells workout uh, routines and everything, but she like has always wanted this despite being able to be someone who could get only get by in her look. She has put in the effort to try to get better. And I think that is really clicking for her. And, one thing, like, I don't know if you saw her on the bump or some of her other interviews since she's gone to NXT is that she's really wanted to make it a focus to work with some of the younger women because she's obviously someone who's been through it, whether it's her tough enough experience and then coming up. And she obviously loved what Paige did for her and Sonya. So she kind of revels in the fact that she kind of gets to do that now with Toxic Attraction and not only work with them, but like NXT has such a new plethora of women because they called up so many in the past six months that there's a lot of new talent. And this is one thing that I think NXT maybe has lacked the last couple of years is someone in the women's division who's had the experience of just being around, going back to that territory to kind of like share some knowledge or something like that. Cause I think that is so beneficial down there. That's why a lot of the, like the coaches are always such good influences being former wrestlers. So I always think it's nice to have a few veterans mixed in that are willing to do it. And you know what, Mandy character wise, it's worked out for her too, because she's clearly picked up things down there that she didn't have in the main roster. And I mean, toxic attraction really is the best part of NXT in my opinion. They've been great since this all 2.0 thing. And I look forward to more because I think this women's division is finally starting to get some depth in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Cora, Cora Jade, uh, mm. she's getting her little spots here and there. And, you know, so it's funny because I know I soured on Raquel with the with the whole the whole thing that went down. But then I saw her on the motorcycle and I went, that was her jumping the shark, in my opinion. Like watching her entrance, I, all, all I could think about was, you've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. Which I personally love. I know, but all I could think was, here comes Big Booger Red, which JR <laughs> said like twice on commentary ever. But it's just funny to me, big booger red. But it's just I I just saw it and I went, this does not fit her at all. Like it just like, and it wasn't even like a cool motorcycle. It looked like one of those tricycles that are like super safe. I just I don't. Uh, so I'm happy that she's away from the championship. Uh, she gets to go back with the Dakota thing. Like I'm happy with that. But honestly, Mandy will now have a chance to probably beat up some women for a little bit and get some quality wins. So hopefully she's not a paper champion because it seems like they're building the entire the entire story around her. So give, it's cool. Give me Mandy versus EO at some yeah. point, please. Please, I, just do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think, like, I mean, Candice is gone for obvious reasons. Kaylee Ray is someone, I think, who I think she's kind of was featured than not. I wouldn't be surprised if Mandy had a program with, like, an Ember Moon. Sure. Um, but I think she could help. She could even do it with, like, Indy Hartwell, but I'm assuming they're going to be in the tag thing. But I think there's plenty to do with a lot of fresh matchups, which are exciting, especially in the babyface department. So I think they'll be fine. All right, let's get into the regular part of the show because that was like a super shine. For it you. was. It was. I mean, that's the best shine of the week, in my opinion. That was like a that was like a that was a soapbox moment for you, right there. Yeah, it was great. It was. It was. So Pro there it is. the prophecy was realized. Well, it took long enough. But hey, yeah, you know what? Like, Sometimes the best ones do. It's called long term storytelling, baby. Uh, but WrestleMania, there was a lot of good stuff on. Raw and SmackDown this week, a lot of good wrestling. I'm curious. I'm going to ask you, yep. what was your favorite match of the week? There's a lot on Raw. Excuse me. There was a I want to know your favorite. What? I want to know your favorite. My, so here's the thing. I really, really, for some odd reason, enjoyed watching, well, I guess on SmackDown, I have to talk about the Usos match first off. I thought the Usos New Day thing, like, although it was the main event and it was kind of like not really as special, I was reminded very quickly Oh, yeah. Like, I could watch this again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't want to, like, discount that. No. Because it was a wonderful match. But I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, they don't do enough. They don't do enough, like, for me. Like, I just, 
I really love the Usos. And watching that promo, I went, I forgot how good they were on the mic. And then I forgot, you know, like for me, like I love the knighting of Sir Kofi and all that stuff too. So like, I don't want to downplay that because I thought that was a really good part of the show. But honestly, over on Raw, I actually fell in love with the Austin Theory Mysterio match. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really good quality match. They gave it a lot of time too. It was a two-segger, I believe. Yeah, and I honestly, I was excited for it for different reasons because, and, and this is probably, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I have a lot of questions and I want to put out there to people that listen. I'm not saying directly that they're comparison, but when I watch a lot of Austin Theory, I look to myself and I say, could you compare Austin Theory to a young Randy Orton? Because I think it's there. Fluidity-wise, cocky-wise, is just all about himself. He's a body guy. He's probably going to get more tattoos, more skulls. But, you know, that's beside the point. But when I watch Austin Theory, I could be talked into, not that he's the next Randy Orton, but there are a lot of similarities. Maybe in 14, 20 years from now, we'll say, yeah, it, you know, the, the parallel is there. He's a natural dickhead. Yes. So I definitely pick it, picking up what you're putting down. The crazy part of it, though, is that the difference stylistically is that oh, Randy yeah. Orton was never a top rope flippy guy. No. Where Theory is that. So he's a, a, obviously like a different hybrid. But that's what I think I think why we really enjoy him. Because in Rain, he can do all this crazy stuff with the baby faces. But he's also like, there's always been something about him. You can see it the second he popped up on our televisions in NXT and then his like little short run. Like, he was, he just has a natural dick. He has a punchable face. Even if he isn't trying to be an asshole, he looks like an asshole. When they were doing the Gargano family thing and he was, like, this goofy baby face, you still thought he was an asshole. But, like, he just, there's something about him. There always has been. His in-ring work backs it up. The character work is catching up. Like, the sky really is the limit for this kid. I think he's going to have a lot of ups and downs in the near future because I think that's just how it's going to be. But I don't think that's a bad thing. But, yeah, I, uh, I think this kid's future, the sky is the limit. I just, there's something about him that is just, he doesn't make me want to grab the remote. And I think that's hard to say in a day and age like this. Because, yeah, he's still, yes, you know, he's, he's still new and he's still fresh and all that other stuff. But when I look at him, I go like, so here's, here's, here's my logic. And I don't want to piss through anything because I thought Raw was really good. There were yeah. no jobber alerts on Raw. There were quality matches on Raw specifically. So most of Raw to me is a shine. I thought it was awesome. I have majority of Raw for me is shine, including pretty much every match except for one. Okay. I actually enjoyed as well Priest versus T-Bar. Yep. Because not only did I thought T-Bar showed out real well, but I'm starting to buy into the idea of the Damien side and the Priest side. Like, it, it took me a while. Like, they didn't do a good job explaining it, laying it out for me. So I thought to this credit of the this week that they did a better job for me, being you know, hand-holding me as a viewer going, oh, okay, you're saying not only there are two sides to him, but you're playing on the angel and devil. I get that more. Like, the devil side comes out. He freaked out, and he did the chair spot and all that stuff. But honestly, the kaboom of the week goes to T-Bar. I mean, yeah. did you hear the sound of that table? Yep. <clears throat> I loved it. I mean, that's a 6-7 guy going through a table, and it sounded incredible. But I thought that T-Bar, whether he sheds the gimmick or not, or he makes it something else and evolves, it's all up to him. Obviously, there's some love here from the New England side. But in general, it was a quality match. And Priest has been doing, in my opinion... If he's not the most improved of 2021 in the Knocker Awards, which is coming up very soon, which so you got to get on that. I don't think we all have a most improved. But, but well, whatever, <laughs> whatever the, the unsung here, whatever, he can be in a lot of different categories, yeah. in my opinion, because I think he didn't carry the pandemic or carry out of it. But I thought that from WrestleMania to now, I thought he's been... Him and Riddle have yeah. really been the standouts, and they're two of the newer guys from NXT. But, yeah, no, I do... Um, 
I will say this with the priest presentation. Now that I have week two of this music and this presentation, I like it better already because we like as much as like the song, the other song may have been better, like in a vacuum just by itself. Yeah. But I hate, remember we always made fun of the presentation of the forced arm bullshit. This is so much better and cleaner, I think. And I love the, like the, the Titan Tron with the split black and white. I know Dom pointed that out, but I just think the music fits better now. Now that, like you said, we have week two of this character I think the one weakness Priest had was his presentation was a little hokey. Sure. It's not anymore. Now he's a badass. He's still a badass in the rain. And as much as we loved him as the cool guy, like he has that look of like a dark side guy too. So this is just like a different part of the badass. And they've done a good job with this guy of staying ahead of him getting stale. Like if we were getting close to him getting stale as just his dominant US champion, they tweak. This is what we always talk about in wrestling. You got to tweak little things about your character every now and then. The best ones always do it. And like just little things here and there. And he got like, there's a lot of tweaks here for a guy that we might not thought we needed. But I think long term, this is going to be better and better. This is going to help him sustain his US title run probably for a very long time. And he's going to have some fantastic matches. We'll talk about uh, later, like what, you know, where what seems to be on deck for him. But what I also love about this character is that with the angel devil thing, you can play both sides of the fence. You're going to get heel challengers, baby face challengers, which I love in the mid card because the, the mid card is supposed to be like the wrestling title. The weekly TV wrestling title. We can have fun feuds, fun matches. So everything about this is great. And my uh, quick note on T-Bar, I think this is the last time we're going to see T-Bar as T-Bar. Um, I'm glad they gave him two matches to like remind us how good he is in the ring, especially for a big guy. I'm assuming he's going to be repackaged, maybe back to more of what he was or something different at this point because the guy does deserve it. He's very good. Oh, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you on that. The other thing that I, that I wanted to say to you is, so I want to expand upon the devil and angel thing one quick. If you thought he changed his gear, so one side of his leg was white, one side of his leg was dark or whatever, or that he, like, down the middle had, like, one eye had, like, you know, some contact that was black or, like, that his hair was black on one side and lighter on the other side. Like, is that too two faced and too weird for you? I don't think is that hitting the it. point too much over the head. I don't think he needs it. Okay. No, I'm just I, I don't, I like it like more as the aesthetic presentation around him being different. And he like, he's obviously made a few changes to his look yeah. like with the eyeliner and all that stuff. But which I think is fine. It doesn't bother me that much. Um, but I don't think he needs to do any of the pant leg thing wouldn't bother as much because gear changes, but I don't think he needs to touch his hair or anything like that. That might just get a little bit too hokey. That's fine. And sometimes it's too much, but I yeah. just think that like it took me a second or two to really get on board with it and just try to go, oh, oh, well, oh. Well, because it was so jarring. It just happened. Right. And I think the other thing too, like, as you said, to jarring was, you know, like last week we were angry, like why, why? Like there was nothing yeah. wrong with him, but like now we have an appreciation for it. So at least we were wrong and we, we rectified that pretty quickly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is, it is where it's supposed to be. All right, what else did you like? So I, like like you, liked a lot of the matches on Raw. Um, I'm going to go to this one next. Um, I really love Dirty Dogs and Street Profits. Really? Yes, I did. As well, as weird it was, so because RK Bro on commentary, there was a lot going on in this match. It felt like there was too much. There was, there was. But at the same time, when I was watching Raw when I got home last night, I, I didn't want to touch the remote, kind of like what you said earlier, because whether it was how Riddle reacted to every move and like or Randy, like as... As bad as, like, Randy Orton Randy's is terrible He's not a commentary guy, but having him with Riddle kind of being more the straight fan and Riddle trying to set him up and Orton just, like, not saying anything, it kind of worked for me. But also, like, I think, like, it definitely takes away a little bit from the end of the rain, but every time I thought that it started to take away from it, Montez Ford did something that I was just like, whoa. 
So it's just, to me, it was like there was a ton going on and my mind was definitely racing to keep up, but I really enjoyed it because the Dirty Dogs, as much as I hate when they just like pull someone out of the bottom of the toy box and throw them in the title match right away, they're so good in the rain. And obviously we know the Street Profits are one of the most exciting tag teams to watch. So the chemistry for these teams is already there. They're probably going to wrestle about 800 times in the next year, which whatever, but it was a really fun match. It obviously had the silly finish with Omos just I was gonna coming say, out yeah. whatever, but... You know, again, it's a TV match. You're going to get that. We got some clean finishes, well, mostly Smoke, clean in mostly. other matches. So I was okay with this one kind of being schmoz. But the reason why I really like this segment is because what do we always complain about in the tag division? Not being depth, not being multiple storylines. Well, here you had two separate storylines because the Street Profits are feuding with Omos and AJ, and the Dirty Dogs are kind of doing it with RK Bro, but they're all kind of intertwined. And the, here's the other thing I loved about this and why this was Randy Orton's best part of commentary. And the fucking other guys almost ruined it. They asked him who he's paying attention to do. He said Gable. And he and said Gable. And they kept, like, cutting him off, and he couldn't finish his thought. But Randy clearly had in his head, he's like, I want to put over Chad Gable and Otis because I want to face them. You know why? There is not one wrestler in the back that doesn't want to work with Chad Gable because they know when you work with Chad Gable, you're going to look like a million bucks because that guy is fucking silky smooth. We'll talk about his match in a minute because I also love that. They didn't. I wanted more of it because it's so oh, They good. definitely didn't give enough time. They though. shortchanged it a little bit, but... Like, Chad Gable is special, and I would be, I think an RK-Bro versus a Gable-Otis feud would actually be fun. That could be, a, like, a, a month, two-month feud that could be really good, could be really good for this division. You have, obviously, these side teams doing it, but I was just like, that's five teams right there at the top, and there's probably, there's other teams that might be mixed in, like Ray and Dominic could still be a team and stuff. The Raw Tag Team division has depth, and I think that's why, as a tag team guy, I really like this segment, because... We've always criticized WWE for not being able to have multi-layered feuds and multiple tag team feuds at once, and they did it here, and I thought it was effective because it wasn't a waste of my time. That's fair. I th maybe we could talk about this later. I have, a, I have a thought that I think we should talk about, but we can we can move on. Um, something else that I thought, you know, you, well, we can piggyback off of it. Gable and, and Balor had a match that I'll send a lot of people home happy, but it was not as easy. As uh, that, I thought it that was. matchup is straight porn. No, it was. That it, is straight porn. But here's here's. I a, wanted like I wanted an hour straight of that. Oh yeah, I I thought that could have been two three segments. But then here's the thing, like, and I don't mean any slight to this in any way to Chad Gable, but if I watch a Chad Gable singles match, I know it's not going to be very long, and that's not a slight to to him specifically. It's just like. Balor, like, so here's here's my thought. Well, when Balor I, must pose. Right, exactly. Yeah. Balor must pose. As he should. As right, he yeah. should. Yeah, and, you know, show the abs and play with his Legos. But beside <laughs> the fact, when I see a Finn Balor match, most of the time I'm going to think Finn Balor's winning percentage has to be awfully high. because yeah, it he, is. One he, of the highest of all time. Like, he, he doesn't lose very much because he doesn't do, like, here's the thing. He's the guy that everybody loves but isn't doing anything. Like, he has no direction right now. And I know we're still in the early stages of everybody kind of filing into whatever show yeah, they're in. Yeah, I think it's one of those where they have big plans for him. But sure. It's not, but like we just saw, he had the feud with Roman Reigns. He obviously was NXT champion for like six to eight months. Like the reason why this guy wins so much is because when he is a babyface, he is a dominant babyface. When he is a heel, he also doesn't lose. He's always been presented well, especially for a guy that you like to say, a little guy, 205 guy, pretty close. Hey, a couple stones. It's, that's like, all. it's just one of those things. Like he's always been presented strong because he is so good and he is such a mega star. Like no matter what, oh, no, that, that music comes on, like you're in. The guy is a million bucks. He looks like a million bucks. Even his promos, you can like say what you want about the accent or whatnot. Like they're usually still solid. So he's the guy that I think is just no matter what, whether he's in a storyline or not, he's going to be in matches on Raw every week, and he's going to be winning matches on Raw every week, and people are going to enjoy that because Finn must pose. 
He is the new Hogan in a little. Well, not not the same. <laughs> I don't but, know about that. Well, Hogan posed, so yeah. he was. But no, but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but let's go over to SmackDown real quick. I just wanted to state that I was very surprised that there wasn't a lot of wrestling on SmackDown per se. But I really, 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 really wanted to say that I couldn't believe that I enjoyed watching McIntyre versus Ali. Like, it was quick. It was a jobber alert. We'll put it in the shine. Okay. But I was excited for Ali because he got promo time before and after. I don't really care about Mac. We know that. He's kind of the Finn Balor of SmackDown, where Mac must pose. He's going to be on every week. He's going to be beating someone until he faces Roman Reigns. Right. I mean, the bagpipes for me are a little too much, and that's fine. I've soured. We know that. You know that. But when I saw Ali go, the reason you hate me is because of my name. I'm like, all right, something to do. They've done that before, though. What do you think makes this one different? So here's my thing. Because I really like Ali, too. I like him as a heel. I think he's a good foil, especially in the mid-card. Sure. He's obviously a phenomenal wrestler. I think he deserves TV time. But I just, like, we've seen this before, and then they've kind of just gone away from it. Sure. I think here's here's what I, I think he's done for himself recently. Previously, he hasn't been able to because he hasn't gotten the TV time. But he's gotten a lot of time with Mansoor, and he showed a little bit more of that aggression, which I was more excited for. But when I watch him in the ring, he's, to me, like, when he came out, when he walked to the ring and said that thing to Mac about I'm the most fluid individual here, I thought to myself, he's fucking right. He absolutely is right. Great idea for a heel to be speaking the truth, thinking that he, you know, speak his truth. Then he, you know, he got squashed in a jobber alert, and that's whatever. It is what it is. Because the Mac needed to show his off his sword and whatever. Whatever. But then he cuts and says that promo, and I thought to myself, okay. They tried to do it with the 205 thing. It didn't work. They tried to do it with retribution. It didn't fucking work. Yeah. They they kind of did it with Monsoor, but they but the real portion of that was that Monsoor was supposed to be Rocky Balboa in Saudi, and that's fine, and that worked. And I was like, okay, at least here's what I can say: as long as Ali is on my TV, I think it's a success. Agreed. Because I don't think th- there are similarities, and I can see this happening. I don't think this is a hope per se, but I could see it surrounding If I had to guess, right? Ali is very much a person that seems like the Muhammad Hassan, like, you you know, I'm not a bad person. You people are projecting this upon me. Yes. Which I, I can get behind that gimmick because I think it's a strong idea. I mean, it was a little bit before ahead of its time when it happened because it was so new to, you know, September 11th and everything. But I loved that gimmick because I thought it, it, it ruffled people's feathers. I think Ali can handle himself verbally Enough to get heat. But he, here's the issue with me. And this is an issue across the board for anybody. Shouldn't be afraid to get heat nowadays. Like, don't try to be the cool heel. Don't, like, if you're going to be in a position like this, you need to go full tilt and be like, and make it uncomfortable. MJF, it, Corbin, yeah, Miz, the most successful just heels do right it. there. Copy what they do. Yeah, just get into it. Because honestly, if he's given the time, like when I watched him on the bump, because I wanted to see what he was going to say to Boogs and all that stuff. He did a phenomenal job with his verbal skills. He stays in character in all those, like the talking smacks, whatever he goes on. He's been always very good about staying in character. So I think, and here's the other thing too, and this is is where I was saying about could be a hope. He's very similar to Sami Zayn in that aspect of nobody pays attention to me. I'm getting the shit under the stick. I'm getting projected as this bad person and I'm not a bad person. Not that I'm saying they're going to be a tag team, but I can, if they're on the same show and they're doing the same kind of thing, it seems inevitable that they will at least interact and connect in some way. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that, I think Sami Zayn is somebody that needs to be on TV. Ali needs to be on TV. 
They might mesh into one segment and become a tag team. I don't know. But they're both very good, and they both deserve to be on TV. I agree. That could, They could be nice foils for, like, the New Day hit yeah. row, like very babyface stables. Besides the Usos, they're going to need heels to face, so that makes sense. I just think it's it, it, this could be not like he's going to shine, but, I mean, it could be his time. It yeah. could be. That's why I'm going to sell it. Okay. Well, speaking of shine, so we haven't really talked about the two big matches on Raw yet, which I thought were both very good. Um, I was surprised, obviously, earlier in the day when we saw Becky and Bianca were kicking off the show. So I immediately thought, like, oh, they're just going to schmoz it. But then I remembered it's like, oh, wait, no. Monday Night Football starts around 830. So they're trying to put what they think is their best thing on during that time to try to hold you for the whole night and kind of spike it. And I'm sure it did work for them. We'll see when the ratings come out, if you even care about that. But they let them go. They had the, They obviously had a promo package off the talk. They had two backstage interviews with him. They really kind of dragged it out to make it feel like a big fight feel. I enjoy when they do that every now and then. Sometimes they usually do it for main events, but obviously kicking off the show, it's different. These two went for a while, and I thought this match, even though Bianca didn't get the win, it was all like her greatest hits and then some. They, they showed off everything she can do. Becky, for someone who was pregnant like last year, continues to just get smoother and smoother since coming back. So I think she's really starting to hit her stride in the rain, which was something I was worried about because you just never know how your body's going to react when you come back from something like that. But I thought this was a good match. It was the match kind of like when Becky first came back, I would have loved to see right away. Obviously, we didn't get it, blah, blah, blah. But I think by doing this now, they can kind of have Becky like, you know, go run through some other woman before these two maybe meet again. I'm curious to see what they do with Bianca in the short term because obviously like Becky did get the quote-unquote clean win, but she did grab the tights. So clean, that was, was not a clean win. They made it not clean for a well, reason. Well, yes, but it got the clean one, two, three. There was no schmo- like no like outside interference or any bullshit like that. It was actually like she actually got the pin in the rain. The ref just missed a tight grab because apparently none of them ever see that. But um, well, but, you can't because of position. Yeah, it's a heel thing. It's a very heel thing, and Becky's a heel. She probably should never win matches actually clean. So I, as much as I want Bianca to be champion again, like the way they did this, I can't really complain because. It was a solid wrestling match, and I think it kind of, for now, put a very loose bow on this feud so they can both go do other things before they meet again so we can kind of maybe like get away from the fatigue of seeing the same thing over and over again. Well, here's the thing, right? We talked about this about WrestleMania. Not that Sasha and Bianca weren't, wasn't a good match, but the lead-up was terrible. We, yeah. we can agree on that. So when I looked at this, I thought, okay, did I love this match? Absolutely not. Did I think it was good? Great. You know, it was good. It wasn't great. That's how I felt about it. I'm not going to remember it. But what I did think that was a positive that came out of it was, okay, Becky won. We get some separation. And Bianca is great for one reason in particular, is her emotional reaction before, during, and after. And she did a great job afterwards going, oh, fuck. You know, like that's how what you felt for her, which we, you and I totally agree on this. The chase is where the money is anyway. Mm-hmm. So when <laughs> she's going to be chasing this thing for however long it takes her, that's where the money. Does she going win to back-to-back rumbles? I could see it's it. It's a legitimate thing. I could see it. I mean, Hogan did it. Yeah, probably not a good comparison. But you so, know, like, she's she's that type of star in the women's division, especially being young. Where yeah. I feel like they could do it, and like I don't think the crowd would completely turn, whereas they would on other people getting that sort of treatment. We'll see how it plays that's out. A, but I'd say that's a ballsy move. I think so too. I don't think she will, but I I think she's one person that they can maybe consider it with. I, again, though, don't think she needs it. I think you could easily have a woman on the SmackDown side maybe win it and then have Bianca just earn her way into the match. Yeah. If you're going Becky Bianca at Mania, who knows? Who knows what they're doing? We're so far away. But um, but yeah, I am curious to see what they do because they kind of sometimes we see a struggle 
especially given that I feel like a lot of the depth in the women's division is more on the SmackDown side. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious who Becky will be, or uh, Bianca will be feuding with. Cause we see Becky already got the tease with Liv, which I think is a good move. Just like, you know, Liv, Liv is just so over. And if you want to really get like Becky, he like keep feeding her the most popular ones. Cause people are still going to cheer Becky because she's Becky and like a live crowd. Like I think people just, they just enjoy her because you know, she had that run. They're going to love her forever. But if you keep putting her up against, like, the Biancas and the Livs, you'll get more of that mixed reaction, which is what they're trying to do. I just yeah. don't think after Liv there's much more depth in terms of popularity. No, there isn't because you have Carmella and Zelini. But I think the, the other ones are you have Rhea and Nikki, which aren't going to yeah. be together forever. Rhea is, like, a plug-and-play in terms of, like, she, every time she comes out, she's over. Um, the Nikki thing worked once. I'm sure they could, they could probably scrape it together for a short-term thing, but... I mean, you have my girl Tegan there, but she hasn't been featured at all. They have like Dana Brooke. They have again Maya Jacks waiting do in the wings. drop. You know, it's like whatever. Yeah, do drop, and uh, you know, Eva Marie, the free agent, could go anywhere. She's a plug and play. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna. Uh, this is. I'm gonna throw you a curveball here because we're talking about women's wrestling. I'm gonna put this in the shine. I thought Serena Deep and Sheeta's match. Yeah, it was on the, AW the best match of the week. And not only just the best match at AW for the week, <laughs> I would say is gonna just gonna ruffle some feathers. I would say in. In reality, you could talk me into match of the year for the women. I thought that was really, it's really hard, good. It's hard to put TV matches in match of the year just because you get the pacing issue. It was really good. Um, but yeah. It was better than Becky and, and Bianca. It was better than anything in the mm -hmm. WWE women's division I've seen in a long time. This week, probably. Probably, because I really did. I thought she, I mean, she didn't even expect she it to be good. She but... They both, they're, she is. We forget how good she is, and that just pisses me off more that when she lost the title, AEW just buried her in the, like, the they back of the They didn't bury her. They no, didn't they know just, what to they, do with no, her. No, they didn't put, she was not TV for, like, four months. It's like, this is your best star besides Brit. It's like, feature her, just let her wrestle. AEW does that with the men all the time. They're just like, oh, you're not really in a feud. Just go out and wrestle. Like, yeah. just let your best wrestlers wrestle. Like, that's something WWE needs to get better at, too. And they usually do, but they get a lot of stupid shit mixed in. But it's like, just let your best wrestlers wrestle if they're there. Because you know what happens? It gets the crowd into it because good wrestling gets the crowd hot. So it makes everything else in the card better. Okay. I just I just thought it was worth talking about because I, I love Serena Deep in general. But, like, yeah. I'm a big Sheeta guy. I always have. It's the moment I like saw her, I was like, "This girl, this girl's good. She's got it. She's got." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. I just for someone that we, we talk about WWE all the time on this program, I thought this was like the shiny, shiniest shine from AEW in a long, a long time that I thought was worth having a conversation about. And they're not even the women that are holding the championship. Well, now we we gawk over the whole like you know. Hey, Sheeta could not DMD. win the TBS title. She won't. But no, I mean, I mean that thing has Ruby Soho or Nia. Or, no, actually, probably Jade. Probably will probably win. Something I think like that. Jade should get it because I think they literally created the title because they're like we don't want Jade to beat Britt yet because Britt is just like she's such a face of what they're doing. But like Jade's never gonna lose anytime soon, so we have to give her something, and she'll probably hold the thing for like two years. She could have the Miro effect, you yeah. know. Just she's just like, like a dominant, dominant, but like unless if like if they do have, I don't know. I was looking at the thing. Maybe she could get upset, but I just I feel like this title was just made. They could put it on her because she, Jade is just someone like she she's there's she's just got that it factor. So she just needs to learn how to wrestle. Yeah, I mean she, that's really what it comes I think down she's to. gotten better from when we saw her in the freaking Shaq match to now. No, I know, but it's I, like two hundred percent times better. So I have faith she's going to continue to get. I just better. here's the thing: as I look at it, like. 
I can't forgive that she's still new, like in my head. Yeah, you are, you have a bias against people who are new because you just you you see them as well, a finished product. No, no, no. She's saying, not. I'm not saying finished product. I'm saying like if she, she was in WWE, she'd still be in NXT sure. probably for another year. But yeah. AEW, it doesn't work like that. I understand we, that. We see them on the actual program, and I think that's the issue that I have with with just AEW versus WWE. I'm not saying that it's better or worse. I'm just saying when I see somebody on TV, you're telling me this person has a certain standard. Like, should have a certain standard. Like, if you want to have a quality thing. I have never in, been impressed with a quality match with Jade. I've been in, impressed with a person. Yeah. But well, I've never that, been the, in, the in person in the why, ring. The reason why she's on TV is because her character is so low right, less than life. Right, right. Her shit talking is incredible. It's yeah. something we don't... We don't see that type of shit talk in the women's division, like, ever. But, um... But yeah, they, she's only also had like two matches over like three minutes. So I know. It, there's not been a lot of chances. But I think she's again, Goldberg. They do a great job protecting no. her for that reason. So. No, I know. I know. But I just wanted to put that out because I think we talk a lot of WWE here, and I thought that no, was. No, I good. agree. I mean, I started. Ahead, I, me. I started the show with NXT, baby. All right, I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying, we don't get a lot of love for AEW on the shine. So yeah. Are you good? You want to go heaty? Why do you have heat about the KO Seth Big E stuff? Uh, sorta. Okay, interesting. Well, I, I will say that, and you can transition off it. Is that uh. You know, whatever. Seth comes out, Biggie comes out, blah, blah, blah. But then KO came out, and like he always does, he steals the show on the mic. Uh, whether he's going to be stealing the show on the mic for three more months or three more years, he did it. And, uh, you know, it just, I'm liking this thing, this dynamic and this whole feud because KO is, he's always, like we said, he's always going to be over no matter what. But he's finally starting to show a little bit of that fucking weasel slash badass heelish type things that we see from him every now and then. And I love that Big E has not forgotten what the Big O did to the New Day. Remember when Big E was out and Kevin Owens was kind of the standing as the Big O and he eventually turned on all of them? So I like that that he's, he's without saying it, showing that he remembers that because they cut to him at the end and he's going, I haven't forgot, I know who you are. So I like KO as kind of the third man in on this feud because I think that's a good way to kind of lengthen the Seth Big E thing and really milk it for everything it's got because... But I just I I'm, I like the dynamic of it. There's definitely things that I'm sure you're gonna pick apart on the way that I for sure will agree with. But I like the way this is trending because for a guy that who's allegedly gone in three months, they're certainly uh, milking as much as they can out of him before he's gone. Yeah. So here's the thing that I I'll get get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I'm not saying to KO off my TV. I'm just saying heat. Let's do it. You'd probably get murdered by the internet if you did. Oh that. yeah, but I love Kevin Owens. That's not what I'm saying. Stuff. I'm saying heat time. So here's the thing that I don't really understand. So we have Seth parade himself out, talked about Big E. They have this, like, uncomfortable moment about how he talked about, you know, putting respect on the New Day's name and making fun of Kofi Media and all that stuff. I get that you have to have that. And then, he, you know, they do the whole, like, the crowd was hot, saying, like, oh, Rollins and, and Big E tonight, WWE Championship, of course. That was a good barometer to see of where they were with it. But for me, it's hard because I look at this and I think, I'm not interested in this feud and i'll tell you really? why yeah and i'll tell you why you can come and the people are gonna say i'm weird and stupid and that's fine you can say the whole thing about fcw and like oh, that whole thing like there's a lot of backstory to it with, with 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 rollins and stuff but you said something last week that really stuck with me where it was like somebody loses and then gets catapulted yeah into like it's wwe the, way but like when you said that last week i started looking at it at, from a different perspective and I thought to myself, well, Big E isn't going to lose to Rollins. Nope. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get it. He needs, Big E needs some quality wins. But I would almost prefer that Seth Rollins kind of like work his way 
back to something a little bit. Like he, you can you can tell me like, oh, he earned it because that was part of the promo. Or, or I can tell you that he's a heel and they right. don't have. Yeah, or you can no. go the other way too. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't, so I, I always say you man. can you can you can you can make a case for that, and you're absolutely right. But what I'm trying to think about is from a standpoint story of Big E is supposed to be like, and they made a joke about it. Really, it was like who's the face of the Raw, and they named like six people. But I when it, when they said that, I thought that was a detriment to Big E. Like I looked at it like. When Bobby Lashley held that championship, he was the face of Raw. He was the like we were we were we were loving everything mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley did. As much as we didn't like Mac, Mac was the show. Yes. Big E has a lot of segments. But now that Becky's back, it feels as if there's some jockeying for a position here. I agree. Which is healthy. But what what are we trying to say here? Like it's important to have multiple faces, I get it. But I think in a detriment, Big E needs the help, needs to be platformed up, right? You can do whatever you want with Becky. You can do whatever you want with Seth. I think they're at a point in their career where it's like they're just over. Like they're never going to not be over with whatever they do. Same thing with like certain people. We get that. But Big E is in a crucial moment where I went and thought to myself, this is the first time that I'm not excited for Big E. And I, I really want to be. Because you got what you wanted. Sure. But I think the thing that's is... That's the problem with babyface champions and why it's so hard to have lengthy runs. And that's why, like, I think the McIntyre thing, like, it, it, he was still did a good job for himself. But once you reach that moment, it's like, it's so hard to maintain as a babyface because... Once people get what they want, they immediately start looking for what they want next. Sure. And that, that's a very fair comparison yeah. or an argument. Because I do that all the time, too. We're all the same. But here's, here's the thing, I think, also that we're not really talking about. You're putting Big E in a, in a feud, like you said, adjacent to each other, with Seth Rollins, who we're going to perpetually cheer or enjoy, right? There's no way you can't enjoy Seth Rollins. He, mo- he mostly gets booed, though. He doesn't get right. as much as the next because... Kevin Owens, in my opinion... Is harder to, to overcome. Yeah, he's, so I'm no yeah. again, regardless of who he's up against, it feels like it's an insurmountable thing for him to be the most over person in the room. And it's hard for me because I'm like, not that this is gonna be a thing, but if you had plugged in a happy Corbin against Big E, I'd go, This is fucking great. It would be good. You know what I mean? Because I as much as I love Corbin, it's not gonna make me love Corbin more. Corbin than also Big e. is such an anomaly because he's like an MJF, like they're like in Miz. They're such a gift at getting heat. Like it's it's so hard to be on their level because the three of them are just above everyone else. There is such a definitive gap in terms of heel work. Like because no matter what, even if you like them, you still boo them because god damn, there's just like they're so good at it. But th- so here's that Rollins that, honestly can get close to that. I don't think so. Is I that, think he can as a heel because he is such a sniveling shithead. He, he has the laugh and stuff, but I think there's something about him that is just He's not a great baby well, face. He wrestles like a baby. But he face. wrestles like a baby yeah. face. He's and, and and I think this is and, and this is not a slight to Big E at all. He is the prototypical like he should be plastered on everything. He's an amazing person. He has all the attributes in the world. But you're putting him up against somebody that does a Phoenix Splash or KO who does the Kaboom of the Week. Like you're asking him to to up his game against two people which he can rise to the occasion. But the they have made those two have made a career, an art form of doing stupid shit yeah. to get over. And I just feel like when I watch it, I'm thinking, it's just not, it's just not fair to him. It's just not fair at all. Like I, that, that's just personally for me. 
You but I, I think it. as a champion, if he's going to be a successful champion, these are the points where he needs to get better and succeed. And maybe he will. Like, this is a very fresh. But he needs to find a way to shine through because the best ones do. That's fair. And I think he's incredible. But I definitely, as a first-time champion, and especially a babyface, it is a very difficult ask. He's going to have to try some things. They're going to have to try some things with him to kind of prop him up more. Um, I do think he's looked very dominant as champion. He's won. It's, you don't remember it as much because he's a good guy, and you don't remember the dominant good guys as much as you remember the dominant bad guys. Like, but he's, we, he's we, being booked like Lashley and Reigns. He's beating everyone. He's pinning everyone. Like, there's not He's not taking L's like they do with some of the women's champions and stuff. Like, he's dominantly beating people, but it's just you remember the heels so much more in that sense. And honestly, and here's something else I didn't think about, and I know that Bobby Lashley had a relatively long reign, like six months or whatever. Yeah. But it, you just talked me into standing in my position more because we had a dominant babyface with Mac. So yeah. I'm feeling like I haven't had a different version of a babyface to cheer for mm. in such a long time. I think that's tough because, I mean, we've literally had Roman for over a year. And then we did, like you said, have Lashley since before WrestleMania. Yeah. But it's so, hard for me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm connecting those two. I think it's just we like you like heel champions better because, like we said with Bianca, it's all about the chase. Yeah. Like babyface champ. I think if you look back in the history and try to put yourselves in those time capsules when they're babyface champions, you probably have similar feelings for the most part. I think as a kid, like you obviously react differently. But as an adult, put yourself back in in some of those like babyface reigns. You might feel similarly. So it is. It's a challenge that Biggie needs to get better at. The, uh, the people in the back need to get better at presenting him. Like, the writing needs to get everything. Like, you need to work extra hard, I think, to really get across a babyface champion. In front of the live crowd, it's going to be fine. Yeah, He's going to get cheered. When that music comes on, when I go hot or whatever. When I go people big. Go, I pop. I go big. Yeah, you're going to be excited to see him. But I think for it on TV to be good every week, yeah, you're going to have to work twice as hard. All right, let's move on. Um, is there anything specifically that got you under the, uh, the hot collar? Um, I'm curious your take on... I don't know, because like a lot of the stuff that I have like written in the heat here, I didn't absolutely hate, but I didn't like love. Like there's something as much as I love this Sonia Naomi don't dynamic, like in terms of like the segments, I think they're kind of lacking. And I'm looking for a little more from it where it's just like it just is very pedestrian in terms of a like the, the power struggle type of thing. Like she comes out as the ref, it's a quick match, helps Shayna win. Like, I enjoy the dynamic, but in terms of the on-TV segments, it's like after they get the quick little backstage thing, I guess I'm kind of over it. So I think they need to connect those dots for me, maybe. But like I said, it's not monumental heat, but in terms of when I'm comparing it to everything else this week, it's definitely near the bottom. Oh, it's absolutely near the bottom. But for me, I'm looking at it like this. Sonya Deville, we know, is a wet fart when it comes to being the official. Like, she's just, she's a better badass than she is being, like, like it doesn't make any sense in my brain to look at it and be like, this woman could beat up everybody. It, not everybody, but a, a good portion, probably. And I just, I, when I look at her, I'm like, I want Daddy Deville. I do not want you in a suit telling Naomi blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care for that. And I, Adam Pierce, it's just like, the whole thing is just, like, mucked, in my opinion, where it's like, uh, Adam Pierce is a dick. Uh, Sonya Deville is a dick. You know, it's like they're all, they're just, they're assholes. I, I get think it. Pierce is a fair, is fair. Sonya is Well, that fair. was the first time where Which I thought Adam Pierce is kind of like, Well, nah. that's the dynamic with their kind of playing right. off is because Pierce has always been kind of the, the straight official. And Sonya, for the most part, is, but she definitely has her biases, and Pierce always gives her kind of like the side eye. 
but like they never really have done anything with that dynamic, like a power struggle. So that's why it's always well, kind Survivor of, Series is coming. I know, but it's always kind of fell flat. That's also another thing that maybe this is the biggest heat of the week. Survivor Series is what in a couple weeks, and they yeah. haven't even really mentioned it. Oh, it'll be like two weeks before. And I it's know, like, but it's one of those matches. things. Like I like that they're like like doing the weekly episodic stuff, like the feuds, but like they haven't even like mentioned any of it. Like it just it's very. It's very weird. It's like they're whether they're thinking the overhaul or something with the, how they well, do remember it, how they love to be able to switch the world title off of somebody right beforehand. Yeah, so who not, knows? They're not doing that this year. But I mean, again, who knows? With Seth Rollins, I mean, Seth again, Rollins and the big boy, the, the easy, tribal the team. Easy, the easy thing is to do Bloodline versus New Day elimination match, and you'll make everyone happy. And then you don't have to. Like you know, probably you want to hurt business. That's a far gone conclusion. Yeah, that's not yeah, happening. Yeah, if, if Lashley was on TV, you could do a triple threat, three on three on three, and that'd be that'd be. I think everyone would have boner jams for that. I know I would, but I don't know. It's 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 very odd to me that there hasn't even been a mention because usually, like they at least like will tease be like, oh, this champion is going to be facing this champion unless this happens. But like you said, they're probably like two weeks out going to start doing it, but. I think it's very weird that because I expected this Raw to start to be the beginning of the talk of Survivor Series. I think the only hint we had was on SmackDown is Sammy kind of hinting at it, talking about how he's the face of SmackDown. So he's clearly going to be part of Team SmackDown or in some sort of struggle for it. But besides that, there really hasn't been anything. I was just thinking he could be the team captain of, of SmackDown. Well, he'd want to be the team captain. No one listens to him. They've done that with AJ before, and that's when, you know. Yeah, they've done that When uh, Riddle called him Skipper, which was fucking hilarious. The Skipper. Yeah. I forgot about the Skipper. So good. Riddle's the man. Riddle is a great man. He is. Uh, November 21st, by the way. So we are less than 20 days away. Uh, incredible. So Incredible. So I'm just, you know. Uh, probably actually it's 19 days at this point. 19, but, yeah, less than three weeks. So we're less than three weeks away. So, it, you know, and the build is like, eh, whatever. There yeah. is no build. No, I know. I'm just <laughs> saying in general, like, eh, you know, like Survivor Series has been the one that lets the air out of the room. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, out of the, out of the four well, or yeah, five. It's just not fair to compare it to the other ones, honestly. But yeah, no. Like, it is. It'll, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it I is. I think it's a whole concept that needs to go away. But I don't, I don't think so. I'm okay with the concept. They just need to do a better job with it. Well, we can have a longer conversation about that another yeah. time. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else has gotten you very upset. I don't see anything that's relatively great. No, I didn't have anything that, like... What about the trick or street fight? I'm sorry. I actually... I wanted to put that in the shine. No! You got so long, no! no. Okay, well, you're a fraud because you love the AEW one. You didn't love this. No, I... It's the no, same no, thing. No. The goofy ha-ha's nope, where they nope. joke around or whatever. Nope. Mad it's Cat the, Moss it's, it's the Bob and for Apples no, no, gimmick No, no, why you didn't like it? Because Mad Cat Moss, my boy, pinned your guy Boogs. No, that's that why you didn't like it. No. You were butt hurt. I'll tell you. So you didn't like Garza and Shimmy dressed up? No, because that came out of nowhere for no reason. Exactly. They're introducing a new heel tag team. Nah. That's the reason. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. You're a moron. Eh. This was fun. No, it wasn't. You just here's, hate fun. Here's, here's you just difference. hate fun unless it's Kenny no, Omega because no, you no, want to no, get no. on your knees for No, him. I do not want to get on my knees for Kenny Omega. Yeah, I'm just do. saying, look, you hit, listen, you thought I wasn't going to like the I AEW main event. First off, it was a six-man tag, which you hate. I do. It was a goofy gimmick match, which you hate. Yes. So I like. there was no reason for you to like it, except for that you love Kenny Omega and you want to, you know. No, I don't. You I want to bomb Hangman. his apple. I love Hangman. I do too. And I love the Ghostbusters. Hangman wasn't even in the match. I love the Ghostbusters. He was the Michelin Man. He couldn't get it off. No, his that's feet, the that was the best part. He no, couldn't get it off. He's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. You yeah. idiot! Because the you Michelin don't like man. the Ghostbusters. No, it's not the Michelin Man. That is completely different. You don't like man. the. You've never even seen the Ghostbusters. I have seen the Ghostbusters. I love the Ghostbusters. Okay, fine. I'm just saying. Look, I'm just saying. There's a difference between doing it what they did. And doing it the way that no, WWE does it's it. the same shit. No, it's not. It's not the it's same. the same shit. You're no, just, it's not. Like every AEW mark on the internet, it's better when they do it. No, it's That's not. That's it's okay. Not. Listen. No, so it's okay. No, it's, it's not. It's okay to be a fraud. No, you're a fraud. That's why I'm here. Because I 
cult. Like I see it, whereas you have your no. Little, you're an idiot. You're like oh, Kenny Omega. Oh, I don't even daddy. like Kenny Omega. Daddy, whatever you say, Daddy. I like Adam daddy. Cole. You're a fraud. You love Adam Cole. I do. Then why would you hate this segment? I, did. I love this segment. I told you I did. But I, I routinely always enjoy these segments because they're fun. They take a useless six-man tag, which is normally sure. useless, and they just put some fun shit in it that is themed to the season. But the WWE. I always enjoy it. The Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, we're going to get more. I can't wait for that. Like, I, Here's I the thing, shit. though. With the WWE, they do all this random holiday bullshit that never, ever matters. You can you can mark it on your calendar. Oh, so wrestling and Ghostbusters uniforms and hitting someone no, with no, a no, fucking no. pack. But at least... Here's the thing. Here's You're the thing. You're a fraud. Hypocrite. Here, no, here's the thing. In AEW, at the very least, there was nobody else that really dressed up on that show except the main event. That's what they did. Except the main event. So? So that, at least it was one of those things where it's like, it's the elite that does it you every year. That's okay. You clearly didn't watch Rampage then. Well, so. I did not watch every, a lot of Rampage. Everyone dressed up for that. Well, who cares? Rampage Brit, to Brit me had Literally, the reason Abaddon got a shot at Brit was because she's all creepy and Halloween-y. Well, I saw that. I saw that. that, that Jamie Hayter is the hottest zombie I've ever seen. And, well, that's up to you to say. I mean, Rebel's pretty good, too. But, uh, no, look. To me, it was one of those things where the elite dresses up. You want to see what happens. They had, a, they, they had a song, regardless of how good or bad it was, I Ain't Afraid of No Budge. That's fine. That they they made a joke of it on BTE like they yeah, did something see, that, with it. That's what it comes back to. You're a, you're you're a big mark for Omega in the box. Oh, it's okay. Jesus Christ. It's okay. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's okay. It's Nestle. not the same. It is not it's the same. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. They weren't bobbing for apples. They weren't doing things with candy canes, corns, or anything. Like they were just wrestling in suits. It's different. Yeah, and they were hitting each other with plastic packs on their back and doing goofy shit. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's the same. not the same. It's the same. No, it is not. The they same. did it better. They did it better it's than the Corbin. Same. They did. No, no one does anything better than Corbin. So. <sighs> okay, they did it better than Boogs. Well, yeah, no shit. Oh no, now it's okay because it's Boogs. You're a hypocrite. I'm You're a glad, fraud. I'm just glad Boogs finally ate a pin. <laughs> oh, time. They, that guy's been presented stronger than Nakamura. Well, he's got a title that nobody cares about. Hey, I care about it. It's still my favorite title in all of wrestling. And never been defended. It's like literally, you might as well be He's going to lose man. it to Happy Corbin, I'm pretty sure. So Maybe Madcap Moss will win by accident <laughs> or something. <laughs> That'll be, be a great little storyline. I'm so happy for Madcap Moss. All right. All right. Let's, let's just get. Time to get hopeful. Let's get hopeful. You, go ahead. Give me a hope. Uh, my hope's pretty simple, Nestlemania. Um, watching Raw. One thing came to my mind, and I was like, what hasn't Kevin Owens done in WrestleMania? Uh, a lot. What hasn't he done specifically, though? Win the WWE Championship? Royal Rumble? Yeah, there you go. Two for two. You know what? He's going to be gone in three months, quote-unquote. And maybe he is. If I were a betting man, I'd probably set the odds that, that he's 70% gone, which is pretty freaking favorable. But you know what? What if he just fucking won the Royal Rumble? And then this whole thing teased with Big E is part of him breaking down, and he eventually wins the Rumble as a mega heel, and then beats Biggie for the title at WrestleMania. We all love Kevin Owens. That would be an awesome moment for this guy. If he's going to stay in WWE, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to make it worth it for him. And he's the guy that, as a champion, has always been great because he is the type of guy that has always had championship qualities. And, God, God if he's a heel, the prize fighter, man. We saw it in NXT. We've seen it with the mid-card titles. We saw it briefly with the Universal title. He, Like you said, he's never won the WWE championship. He's never won the Royal Rumble. He's a guy that we could get behind, and like I would absolutely love. I think we'd all love. He's he has the potential. You say it every year on WrestleMania time. He always gets like a decent match, but he's always like he's the main event player all year, and then he goes into like a mid card feud at WrestleMania. He usually gets good treatment, but it's never like the top of the card treatment. Well, maybe this is this time because I think we're in a position now where a lot of these wrestlers of his ilk, they have leverage over the WWE because they could be like, if you really want me here. 
You need to make it work my while because there is someplace else where I can go, be happy, and get paid and hang out with my friends. Or I can stay here and you can actually let me live up to my potential. So you know what? Put it out on the carpet, Kevin. Do it. You deserve it. I think you have the leverage. You're a guy that I like, you know, Vince and everyone loves, the crowd loves. So you know what? That's my hope. That if he does stay, win the Royal Rumble, win the WWE title. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. All right, my hope is very interesting in my opinion. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. No, uh, my my hope is, I was thinking about this on Friday Night SmackDown. We had the Usos and, of course, the King and Sir Kofi in that match. And I, all I could think about was there's no Roman on this uh, SmackDown, really. It was very odd, right? He got the night off. Good he for got, him. He got the night off. He did the, he did the, uh, the after match, dark match, whatever, which was odd to me in general. But it is what it is. But here's what I want to say, JC, is this is what I want to see. I want to see the Tribal Chief take on King Woods. I think... Having the chief versus the king, it's a headline. It's something to do. It'll get you in that December, January feel kind of stuff. And then, obviously, you stack them and you beat them and you smash them. But it'd be, I think, a really awesome feud for Woods to get a little bit of that Roman Reigns rub and get, you know, not that the king isn't a big deal in general, but I think it would help Xavier Woods be in that other conversation where we know that he's, like, been a perpetual great hand but he's never been the guy. I think being on the island of relevancy would make it really good for him, and I think it would help him. And here's what we can do. They can also double dip after the king is done and flirt with the idea very close to WrestleMania with Kofi Mania and Roman. Not saying it's a WrestleMania match. I'm just saying it's going to be in that season anyway. You get a twofer for Roman Reigns until you get to WrestleMania. I think that's an interesting hope. I think the mic work would be good for all three men, especially when you can interchange with the bloodline and all the stuff they do. I think it's great. And especially if you want to intertwine it here with Survivor Series, I think that would kickstart the whole the whole reason for it happening. I think it'd be very interesting. And that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag ooh. Ah. Hashtag you just jinxed it. But yeah, he could easily be another notch in the belt for Roman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of, he's got, there's plenty of space on that belt, baby. Don't call it a comeback. Um, I'm going to roll in my comeback on a tank WrestleMania. Oh, no. Shotzi. We didn't talk about it earlier, which I think is kind of a shame because I actually really enjoyed the Shotzi-Charlotte match, obviously. Um, and then what happened afterwards is Shotzi kind of flipped out and she beat the shit out of the boss. Uh, so now we're likely going to have Shotzi feuding with Sasha and Charlotte just laughing because those were her two contenders and they're fighting with each other, which we know Charlotte always loves. No one likes, you know, her and Daniel Bryan, their team triple threat. So... Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see that Shotzi's getting a chance here. She's obviously one of the many women from NXT with Tony Storm and Tegan Knox, and that kind of have come up. Uh, you can add, I guess, Aaliyah to that list. You can Zia Lee, all of them. And but Shotzi's finally the one that's breaking through here and getting on TV a little bit. And she's obviously very talented. She's got the green hair. She's got the tank. She's over with the crowd. There's a lot of things going on with her. She's pretty solid in the ring. Uh, she brings like kind of a physical, like wild side mentality to matches, which I think is always a fun dynamic. I think it's someone that will work well with Charlotte, will work well with Sasha and your other woman on SmackDown. So I was excited to see it because I feel like a lot of the times, especially like this is the time of year we get that new blood because of the draft and everything. But Shotzi's definitely someone who I think can, uh, when she's not around the top woman, she's someone that can easily like elevate like a mid-card woman's feud as well. So I think she's a great addition to this roster and I'm happy to see her featured. I mean, I love Shotzi in general, so great comeback. My comeback goes to Apollo, not Commander Aziz. No, no, we're not using that man's <laughs> name in my comeback. 
I'm giving it to Apollo. One, because I forgot he was around. Two, because I forgot how good he was. Three, I was like, hey, I can do a Priest versus Apollo. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a boner. Sign me up. Wrestle Jam. Wrestle Boner. It's a thing. (laughs) Wrestle Jam. Wrestle Jam. That's an actual uh, VHS cassette. Yeah, I was going to say. Wrestle Jam, for sure. That's some random pawned off uh, pay-per-view. But it is is what it is. I'm not necessarily in love with it uh, long-term, but I think short-term, it's going to be really good for, for Priest. Probably even better for Apollo because he's on TV. So I was excited. Guthrie stopped saying Commander Aziz is a big deal because uh, Omos is on the show. Yeah, Omos could like squish him, him under his thumb. Yeah. So I'm excited for Apollo to be back on TV and back in a meaningful feud. So let's see where this goes. Hashtag, I don't know. I was going to do another, another, another hashtag, but I think I'm good. Hashtag let the dolphin. That's okay. always WrestleMania. Hashtag we'll go to the big old finish and... We got some NXT to talk about. We got some AW. We'll start, though, with uh, you giving us five stars, five flames on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, etc. Mentioned the, the website earlier, jobberknocker.com. Check out all the good stuff there. Twitter at jobberknocker, Instagram jobberknocker, Facebook jobberknocker. Everywhere you want to be on social media, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker to buy the Super Hot Fire merch. Nestlemania, we're coming off a week of Halloween Havoc for NXT, where I thought it was a pretty solid show. New champions across the board, except for... Uh, the main event, but uh, Charlotte Imperium breaking through once again. MSK had a great reign. I'm proud of them that they're from. I, I have mission. a conspiracy theory that they gave it because of Izzy. <laughs> I I don't believe that conspiracy. I just MSK, someone that will probably like linger in NXT now for too long. But when they get to the main roster, look out in terms of match quality because all the teams we've talked about this week, whoo wee, those would be fun. But we got to look ahead. Uh, there was a lot going on with Gargano, Loomis, Mello, and Trick that appears to be the main event. Of uh, this week's NXT WrestleMania, so who you got? I gotta go with my boy Mello. Mello don't miss, baby. I love it. Obviously, he's probably not gonna win, but I'm gonna pick him anyway. What do you think of their segments during Halloween Havoc? So here's the thing: I didn't mind Halloween Havoc. I'm gonna be with my boy Dom on this one. I didn't think I thought they did a great service to Halloween Havoc. I do. It could have been a Halloween theme. It didn't really matter. Um, but the fact that they did three segments with Mello and the Hollywood, the Hollywood, the uh, Halloween thing, I thought they did a great job with him. Um, Trick did a great job too. He gave me some acting chops in that one. Yes, so I, he's he's, he's, he's better. Me. Yeah, he's For better than I thought. Someone that came out of nowhere, obviously. And on and I thought here's the thing. I thought Gargano and see here's the thing. I liked the lead up, but I didn't understand like the ending. Like I did, I do understand the ending, but I thought it fell flat for yeah, me. I agree. And I didn't understand like, Oh, all this was just to get a tag match. Like wouldn't it be to get a championship shot? Like I think we're headed. Towards I know, that, but it just I seems like an odd, an odd juxtaposition. I mean, um, mellow Gargano seems like a takeover worthy match. And yeah. Gargano's the guy that can really help mellow break through and show what he can do in the rain. So I think we're still headed there, but I think this is just a nice way to kind of further it. But, uh, also on the show, we have, uh, I just don't understand the Von Wagner Kyle O'Reilly thing, but they're fighting Legato Del Fantasma. I chuckled so hard when they were doing the Halloween gimmick, and then all of course they're like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Brad Pitt," and I, like, they're like, "Duh!" Like the way he did a "duh" or whatever. I was just like, "Cause you have charisma." At least they made a joke of it. Yeah, I just can't like. I don't I can't, get. I don't get the pairing. I it's, can't get on the Van Wagon or the yeah, Von Wagon. Yeah. Like I can't do it. Like I just can't do it. I, I look at him either. and I'm like. The, he he is the great Kali. Like in my like, oh my someone God, said he's yeah. the good Kali, and I just lost it. Yeah, like no, I, he I'm, is not for me. I'm sure I'm he's got you. a lot of upside. I'm I'm sure of it, but not for me. I think I'm with you. So yeah, that match is happening. Then uh, I don't know if this is a match or a segment, but Cameron Grimes is visiting Duke Hudson's poker room. 
Duke Hudson does nothing for me. I know he's super yeah, boring, but I, no, just I, like that that character, the Von Wagner character, and then the fucking the university guy. They're I, all and so I'll, they're I'll, all I'll, falling flat for me. I'll, I'll pump the brakes on Andre Chase because at least I look at it this way: he is what he is. He's the worst version of Drew Gulak. No, 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 no. no he interest. is what he is. I will say this much: I don't understand the other two, Von Wagner and the other one. I don't even like Briggs and the uh, the other guy. Oh, no one cares about them. I I look at that and I'm like, they're trying. But yeah. the the character work is not for me. What is their character work? Well, they're just two dudes yeah. that like to fight at bars. You know, it's like give whatever. me more Joe Gacy. Yeah, and that guy's I, great. I I like that he calls people snowflakes. Yeah. I think that's great. And of course, Tony D'Angelo. He's visiting the uh, the what your girl the, the lash the lash lounge. So I see that's the thing where I'm looking at it going like some of these are just complete misses. Some of these are awful. A lot of them are early on. Like I the first week I saw Joe Gacy, I wanted to throw it down the dumpster and then. It's it's grown on me, so I'll give everything a chance. I'm just saying those ones haven't got there for me yet. Yeah. Uh, should we head over to AEW? Let's do it. So on Dynamite, they have a big card, including a match that's going to make me take my socks off, and you know me pretty well in WrestleMania. Well, hopefully not your pants off. I don't take my socks off very often. He doesn't like his Cody versus Andrade. Yeah, I'm surprised they gave this one so quickly. Honestly, I thought there'd be a little bit more. Because I think to the it. tag match is going to be at full gear, so they can get all those guys in the card. Okay. Cody and Pac versus Andrade and Black. So that match should be super hot fire. I'm assuming it might be a little schmoz with everything going on. But then we have a, whew, did you turn up the thermostat? A TBS tournament match between Dark Orders, number 99, Anna J, and Britt Baker's, one of her many henchwomen, Jamie Hader, bringing the Hater rate to Dynamite. Who you got? I mean, Anna J. You think she's actually going to win? Oh, yeah. I'm curious because I mean I'd be happy. Who's in the other part of that bracket? I don't know. I'd have to look. You, you did not do your of you did course not. Do not. Your research. This, this could be the Jade Cargill region, so maybe it is Anna J. I don't it's got to be Anna J. Come I on. I mean, I I I, I, I want to say I hope it's her, but I also I, Jamie Hader. I really enjoy watching wrestle. Well, too, we so. know you enjoy her for other reasons. Yes, but too. I also I think in the rain, obviously she's a lot farther along than Anna, as much as I love Anna. Um, but hey, we head over to the Eliminator Tourney, and we have what I expect could be. The way this tournament has gone, the death of Orange Cassidy, the way Mox has been wrestling. Oh, boy. I'm, I mean, he almost killed my brother. That's what I mean. Mox is going to win. But how I, is he going to win? He literally manhandled 10. He's manhandled, like, he, like, literally, like, killed the guy. Is he going to kill Orange Cassidy? I hope not. I know. I love Orange Cassidy. Is he going to Is he gonna make him into Orange Pulp? I don't know. But here's what I do know, folks. I can't believe I laughed at that. Yeah, because you like my dad jokes. Oh, here's no. what I do know, folks, is that Orange Cassidy is going to get murdered on tv and honestly my brother had no reason to be there on the guardrail yet somehow kicked my brother as hard as he possibly could because he thinks he's a badass but i will say this much if the trend continues he's going to beat brian danielson and he's going to do it in bloody fashion well let me say this you saw the brian kingston match yeah moxley apparently said that that was his favorite match ever i don't know about um that. Moxley watched that match and was licking his chops because just imagine what him and Daniel Bryan are going to do to each other. They One of them might die in that match, which, you know, the viewers will win, their bodies won't. But, yeah, no, Mox is definitely, I think he'd be a great first challenger for Hayman as a mega heel. It'd be a lot of fun. And, yeah. Uh, so we got a rampage where we have two more matches. We have another TBS tourney matchup, the Bunny versus Red Velvet. Don't care. I think Red Velvet should not be a wrestler. If wow. I'm being honest, I don't agree with that. I don't think Red Velvet deserves to be a, a wrestler. I don't agree. With I'm that sure she's at a all. lovely person, but every time I've ever seen her on my timeline, it's her hurting herself. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Anything I she, mean, any any headline she makes is her dropping it's just herself. It's weird on her head. to me that you're gonna single her out with so many of the other women we. There's plenty of them. She yeah, just comes up an awful know. lot. 
She does more for me than the bunny does, so I hope. I don't know. The bunny here's here's the thing. The bunny at least has actual training and is a just she's a delightful human being on YouTube. So I'm gonna give it to her. Yeah, I'll pick Red Velvet then, just so just so you don't piss you off. Then we have a first time ever match, which between Johnny Hungy and Adam Cole, baby. This this on BTE makes me laugh so much when they're like, so can we change you don't watch BTE, but they were like making light of the idea of like changing Adam Cole's name, shaving his head, becoming a manager for them. Like they do all that whole stuff. They just want to be best friends. And Adam Cole tells them that they suck. He doesn't, he already has his friends. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Adam Cole will get ejected out of the, the elite before Kenny Omega. I think they're going to stay with Kenny Omega because Adam Cole can do his own thing. And there might do the same thing where Adam Cole be friends Reynolds and uh, Silver at some point because I can see it happening. I feel like that's just copying the Hangman story maybe, line, though. Maybe, so, but, but I mean, we're, I don't love that. But I, I, I think there's a lot there with the, you, you know, it's all about the budge. I think that this nothing's really going to happen with this dynamic to when and if Kevin Owens shows up. I think that's when it's going to kind sure, of start the that's struggle. Fine. That's probably fair. But I don't know. I kind of lean, lean towards the Bucks going with Cole. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know because I, I feel like they might just make you know Kenny Omega. He might just go back to babyface and they'll keep Cole and the Bucks as a heel. Maybe that's just the way. Just because the way Adam Cole acts, he's so arrogant. Where Kenny does can do the other side because he's just kind of a letdown as a heel, in my opinion. Okay. But no, it'll be. I think it's interesting. I am fascinated with it. Ever since Adam Cole has been there, I am a lot more fascinated with their dynamic because yeah. obviously I love him and I think it's just something that they kind of needed because. The Good Brothers just don't do much for me. So having, we notice how the Good Brothers haven't been on television lately. Well, though. Allegedly, that after the recent Impact pay per view that has been severed, that relationship, Christian lost and all that. It it appears it has been severed. Very quickly, speaking of severed, this is not a dirt sheet thing. This is a real thing. I wanted to say it before we left. Ring of Honor, yeah, on on hind legs essentially. Uh, that we don't know what's going to happen. There are a lot of people saying it's gone, which I, I don't would think that's say the case. there, it, and it makes a lot of sense. Is that the admirable thing they did is they paid everyone through the pandemic, but that probably bankrupted them pretty bad. And they probably realized that in this new environment with AEW being so strong and everything that they just couldn't compete financially and probably had to call it a day and pull the plug. But That's the way I But they, may, they said they're trying to reassess and yes, see what happens. Yes, I'm sure. You never know. And then it's when, when stuff like this happens, there are usually people that will like try to save it. So maybe they can get some outside money from people or putting it in. So I wouldn't be surprised if down the line, but at least in the short term, it's over. So, and that is sad because obviously Reign of Honor, like, you can look, whether it's WWE or AEW, all your favorite stars, guess where they started. Sure. So. The other thing I want to say very quickly to anybody that has a podcast, how about you don't interview these poor people after they lost their job? Like, let them have some time to themselves. You're not going to get a scoop just like... People are thirsty, Adam. But, like, I'm not begging to look at the whole roster and no. be like, hey, tell me what you think because you just lost your job. Like, have some decency and, like... Let them do their own thing. These are people. Like, let them figure their shit out first before they go on a fucking podcast, guys. Come on. Like, I see a lot of people being like, oh, so-and-so won't be on my podcast. Yeah. So what? So what? You get fired and you want to go talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you, know I mean? you know, some people do. Some people don't want to talk. Just respect people. It just it, it boggles my mind. Because there's a lot of people that I know that like, I've interacted with that have actually been on Ring of Honor. And, like, I feel bad. And I, I see a lot of them. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm hoping that they find a home somewhere. I think a lot of the top talent definitely will. Sure. Um, probably mostly AEW, but um, I could see some getting a shot in WWE. But, I mean, there, there is. There's a lot of talent in Ring of Honor. Our boy TJ got to write about them briefly now before they disbanded. So if you read his material, you could become familiar with some of the characters they have there. So 
But yeah, there's going to be a lot of rumors circling and whatever. But I just, like you said, I hope they all can find jobs. And whether it's Ring of Honor coming back maybe someday, that would be also be exciting too. But in kind of that same ilk, uh, the Bray Wyatt moratorium period has ended. He can now do whatever he wants. Where do you think we see Bray Wyatt? I don't think AEW. I don't think so either. And I think I could see him maybe doing a thing where he, maybe he does a short run with Impact before going. Because I, th- I could see him obviously going there eventually. But I do really feel like the momentum and the rumors of the impact, I feel like it has a lot of legs because he can go there and be the focal point. Yeah, I, I don't. Whereas AEW, like, they have so much things. I don't, like, he'd definitely be a focal point. Yeah. But in impact, he could be, like, the top stuff. Sure. And I think the other thing, too, is that a lot of people discount the credit of, like, the closeness of Braun Strowman to him. Yes. And I think if Braun Strowman They're sees him in there, like, oh, why it's going, I'm going. It it's not like Braun's like, not going to make that move. Unless he yeah. sees Bray Wyatt make that I think move. Braun, I think they have, they've both kind of made them. That's kind of my prediction is that they're both already pretty much there. They're just waiting to see how do we debut them. Because okay. they obviously just had a big shift in their world title picture, obviously. Josh Alexander finally gets over the hump, and then Moose comes in and cashes in whatever he had. And so I will say this much. Big a heel moment. I will say this much. I don't like Moose. But I felt for Josh Alexander in that moment, so that mo- that was effective for me. 100%. Effective because 100%. I, as a dad, I was like, Oh my God! You get because it, it was—it's the perfect thing because you gave the people what they wanted, the babyface moment. Yeah. But then you immediately ripped it away. Yeah, it was good. And suddenly, even though he won the title, he can still chase again. Yep. And Moose is the biggest heel on the planet. It's genius. Yeah, it was good, good. job. Bravo, Impact. It was great. I, I'm, I'm hoping that it, it works for everybody. For more on Impact, check out DominJobberKnocker.com, the hardest working man in uh, writing business. So. It's true. All right. Well, on that note, we've talked way too much, so we're gonna go home. We're going to take it home. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. Hater in the house. Hater in the house.